0: Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One.
1: This is No Excuses with John Taffer. I'm John Taffer, best selling author, bar rescue guru, and soon your new best friend. I've got a lot of shit for us to talk about. So stop making excuses and let's get started because this gets real right now. All the way from the
0: studios at Podcast One, here's John Tapper.
1: So, hello everybody, welcome to my No Excuses podcast. It is week 52 in my podcast world, June 18th. Before we get going, make sure you hit subscribe at Apple Podcasts or go to podcastone.com or the Podcast One app so you can get your new episodes every Tuesday. Well, we just finished week two of Marriage Rescue. Ratings are good. People seem to like the show. I'm pretty excited about it. And uh, uh, for my interview this week, I have Lisa Lapinelli. And you know what's interesting? Years ago, I was politically sort of opposed to Lisa. I must say I was not her biggest fan. But, you know, you learn that people's political views don't necessarily affect whether they're likable to you or not. And, and you know, Lisa's a great example of somebody who you don't always agree on everything, but boy, did we become good friends. And, and uh, she's a, just a terrific person who's become a life coach now, and she's trying to help people. And it's fascinating. Lisa made it to the top of the comedy world, and then one day said, that's it. I'm done with stand-up comedy, and she hasn't done it since. So Lisa's going to be my guest. We'll be interviewing her a little later. Of course, we're going to do some great audience call-ins. I always look forward to that. And then I wanted to... Uh Take a moment and discuss today in history. I was looking at the papers. In 1885, the Statue of Liberty arrived in New York Harbor this week. The first American woman went into space in 1983 on Challenger. In 1975, the movie Jaws was released. Wow, 1975. So, 85, dude. Movies 40-some-odd years old. Is that incredible? And people still ride to ride and and keep watching these movies. It's unbelievable. Pluto TV is the leading free streaming television service. You can watch over 100 TV channels and thousands of movies on demand all for free. There's no credit card needed and there's no sign up. Pluto TV is the easy and completely legal way to watch your favorite TV shows and hit movies. So what are you waiting for? Never pay for TV again. Pluto TV is free on all of your favorite devices. So download Pluto TV today. Let's see what our congressional acts were this week. So <laughs> the first one's great. Global Garbage Man Day. Did you know that was this week, Corey?
2: I didn't. That's interesting.
1: So you should leave some extra garbage yeah, for your garbage man. Maybe uh, put some air fresheners out there, do something for him. It's National Eat Your Vegetables Day. National Stewart's Root Beer Day. Now, whoever works for Stewart's Soda Company landed on that one because it isn't just Root Beer Day. It's Stewart's Day. National Apple Strudel Day, Cherry Tart Day. They're competing with each other for the same freaking day. Now, if I was in Congress, Corey, and if you were in Congress and they said, listen, it's Apple Strudel Day. We want to add Cherry Tart Day. Wouldn't you say no?
2: Yeah, I would. I'd say, hey, it's already Apple Strudel Day.
1: It's it, You can't put the two fruits together like that. It just seems to be uh, uh, completely politically incorrect. This week is Go Fishing Day, Splurge Day, Garfield the Cat Day, Martini Day. That's a good one. National Watch Day. Corey, I need you to watch, buddy. Just keep watching, okay? All right, I'll keep watching. I'm not sure what you should be watching for, but I want you to keep watching. All right. National Hike with a Geek Day. National Vanilla Milkshake Day, National Ice Cream Soda Day. See, here we go again. Milkshake Day and Ice Cream Soda Day are the same doesn't that diminish each one? So if you were going to go out right now, which of the two would you get? You don't know what to choose, do you? Right. (laughs) So you're stuck. And this is what our Congress does to us. They put two things in place and they create the divisiveness. And here's a perfect example of it. Rather than directing you to the logical choice, today is ice cream, soda day. Nope. They got to give you that divisive choice, Corey. Now, If you go for the vanilla milkshake and I go for the ice cream soda, now you and I have divisiveness between us, don't we?
2: We do. But, hey, Monday is root beer day.
1: Oh, boy. Now you're screwing this up completely. So now we can have root beer. When's root beer float day? I don't know what root beer float day is. But you think we could put that in with milkshake day and ice cream soda day. But if we go down just the list, uh, uh, Friday is peaches and cream day. So this is obviously a confectionary time of year. Maybe it's because it's spring going into summer. But moving on down the line, we have (laughs) National Day of the Gong, okay? National Appreciation Day, National Selfie Day, National Arizona Day. Take Back the Lunch Break Day. National Seashell Day. I'm sure that's going to mean a lot to people in Kansas. Summer begins, of course, this week, June 21st, the first day of summer. And on Friday, June 21st is Take Your Dog to Work Day. And I'm all for that. I think it would be fun if we brought our dogs into work. What do you think, Corey?
2: I I like it. Yeah. And I'd... hey, John, while we're on national days, and this is actually your one-year anniversary of your inaugural uh, episode with uh, El Presidente.
1: Oh, so so uh, El Presidente w- w- appeared in our inaugural episode a year ago.
2: Yep, six nineteen, twenty eighteen.
1: 2018 Wow. And for those of you who haven't seen it, I, I did a show with El Presidente uh, in Barstool called uh, The Big Brain. And it's sort of Shark Tankish. People pitch deals to us. And Dave Portnale, president, Presidente wanted to invest a million dollars in some businesses, so he called me and somebody else. We sat with him, and that's on the uh, Barstool Sports website now. It's called Big Brain, and uh, that was sort of fun to do. But Dave was here a year ago. It doesn't seem like a year ago. So Chocolate Egg Claire Day, H National Heating, Ventilation, and Air Conditioning Tech Day. National Onion Rings Day, Hydration Day, National Pink Day, and National Pecan Sandies Day. That's it. That was our Congress at work. Those are the things that they wanted us to think about this week. I'm glad we did. Personally, I'm going for the ice cream soda myself. I thought that was the best one. The root beer wasn't bad either. So, Corey, you watch a lot of TV, don't you? I do. Did you know that Pluto TV is the leading free streaming television service? You can watch over 100 TV channels and thousands of movies on demand all for free. There's no credit card needed. There's no sign up. And Pluto TV is the easiest and completely legal way to watch your favorite TV shows and hit movies. So what are you waiting for? Never pay for TV again. Pluto TV is free on all of your favorite devices. So download Pluto TV today. So I was pretty pleased with Marriage Rescue. Our ratings are good. People seem to like the show. It's a a very big departure for me. I'm not throwing food, at least, in Marriage Rescue. At least I haven't yet. And it's made me think a lot about marriages these past few months. And, and A, uh, recognizing how good mine is to Nicole. I'm a really lucky guy. But next week on our podcast, I've invited one of my favorite couples uh, 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 in all of America, Jenny McCarthy and Donnie Wahlberg are going to be on the podcast together next week with me, and uh, in a spirit of marriage rescue, you know, theirs is is a great relationship. Both of them were sex symbols. They both had, uh, you know, big fame and celebrity before they met. They've been married now about five or six years, And, and theirs is a great story, not only about Jenny personally, who's been on this podcast before, but now I'm going to have Donnie and Jenny together next week, so make sure you don't miss that and if you like my show also check out lisa help with lisa lapinelli on podcast one so lisa used to be called the queen of mean and now she's the queen of meaning you can join lisa each week as she sits down with the guest host to solve their problems as well as some of her own so download new episodes of get lisa help with lisa lapinelli every week on apple podcast and podcast one so i listened to lisa's show i did cory and I got to tell you, I thought it was great, so I invited her to be on my podcast today. So Lisa will be here with us in a little while. But I wanted to take a moment and just talk about summer. So what are you doing this summer, Corey? Are you taking a break? Uh, I'd like to. I want to get a boat. Really? Where are you going to put it? Lake Mead?
2: Yeah, Lake Mead, Arizona.
1: Like Lake Havasu, something yeah, like, like that. Yeah, Lake Havasu, just kind of close. Gotcha. So you got your dirt bikes. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You got your four wheel vehicles for dirting.
2: Yeah, yeah. I got too many toys. I tell you.
1: And now you're going for the boat. I don't blame yeah. you. You're a young guy. You should be doing these things. So, so uh, you know, this summer I am, and I'm going to tell everybody a secret. I'm actually sneaking out tomorrow night in my bus, and I'm driving up north and uh i'm gonna go up towards montana and just uh take a week or so Corey. and i bought my new bike you saw my new bike you helped me put it together yeah that thing's sweet and i bought a juiced e-bike and it's the most incredible thing i've ever owned it's it it goes about th- 35 miles an hour it's an e-bike and it's big and it's got four inch wide tires on it and stuff i'll put a picture of it online but uh juiced did an incredible job on this thing so uh, I love it so much I had to get a mount for the back of my bus to put the bike on because I want to take this sucker with me. I love it so much. So, Corey, you were amazing yesterday. Corey helped me get the mount on, on the bus and get it all set for my trip. Yep. But, you know, when I get to take these bus trips, it's it's something really special to me. And some of us should all think about this. You know, there used to be a lot more cross-country trips across America years ago. Today was so quick to get in an airplane and fly from city to city. You know, if you haven't, maybe this summer, take a weekend, take a drive, go see some small towns, drive through middle America. It's an amazing thing to do. I get to do that every year on my bus, and I love it. I love not being in airports. I love being able able to pull into small towns, sleep wherever I want, and really get out there and see how amazing our country and, and Americans are across the country. So uh, uh, it's an exciting time. The economy is good. People have money in their pockets. Employment stability is really high. Most of us are in a better place than we were six months ago economically and with job security. So do yourself a favor. Take some time off and enjoy the freaking summer. You agree? I agree. Okay. I'm ready to do some uh, serious interviewing. So when I heard Lisa's podcast, I invited her to come be on my show, and I wanted to talk about something that was fascinating to me. Imagine this. Imagine in life you become a journalist, you get a degree to become a journalist, you go to fine universities, you learn journalism, you work for magazines like Popular Mechanics, even Rolling Stone, this is Lisa. Then one day you start doing stand-up comedy, and you get really good at it, and you get really famous. You get HBO specials, you get DVDs for sale, guests on all sorts of shows, Tonight Shows, celebrity roasts, top of the world, become controversial which is what Lisa loves to do because that's her style of comedy. And then one day, imagine this, Corey, on top of her game, Lisa says, you know what? I'm finished with stand-up comedy. And she literally walked off stage and never did it again. And it's fascinating when you think about someone who, for some reason, she could have gone for the cash, Corey. She's making great money as a comedian.
2: Oh, yeah, I'm sure.
1: Easier life. She didn't have to worry, struggle, no finance. But she chose something. In her heart, that might not have made sense in her head. For some reason, Lisa walked away from a very successful career to pursue something else that was more important to her than a very successful career. That is fascinating to me. And that's why I wanted Lisa to come and talk about what it is that motivated her to make such a drastic change in her life and how much happiness she's found after. It's a great story. So when I come back, I'll be with Lisa LaFanelli. Don't shut down this podcast yet. No Excuses with John Taffer continues next. Want to talk to John? Email him now at podcast at johntaffer.com. Every car comes with its share of stories. That thing in your bumper when you nervously picked up a first date, the luxury package you got after a big promotion, Or the mileage you saved by riding your bike all summer. And while you can't put a price tag on your stories, now with True Car, you can at least find out what your car is worth when it's time to sell or just trade it in. Just go to TrueCar. simply enter your license plate number and watch how your car's details pop up. Then answer a few questions, navigation, moonroof, etc. and watch as they bump up your value. High mileage, you already knew it was going to cost you, but now you know how much it dings your wallets so you can plan ahead. And once you're finished, you'll get a true cash offer sent in minutes, which you can take to a local certified dealer to cash out or trade in. So when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out TrueCar today. True car cash offer not available in all states.
0: Tapper is back. This is No Excuses with John Tapper.
1: It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to talk to you. So I'm gonna make you smile. I am a bar owner from Long Island who's a member of the Friars Club. Do you still want to talk to me?
3: Absolutely.
4: (laughs) What's funny about this? My ex-husband was a bar owner from Long Island. That's why I'm saying it. Right, and you know what's funny? Your show is the only show we ever agreed on in the history of our three-year marriage. <laughs> I'm telling you, we would watch this bar rescue. Like It, it, it was on Sunday nights Where when, at, at one time, and I was laughing. I go, man, John ought to know that he's the only thing we could agree on in three years.
1: That's funny. Well, it's good to hear. Well, I'm a big fan, Lisa. It's a real pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Know, you. I've always thought that you're incredibly courageous, and, and you know that you, you, you and I share this directness. Yes. And and you're not good at holding back your thoughts. Neither am I.
4: I know. And you know what's funny? It's really no nonsense. A lot of people call what I do tough love. I think it's more like no nonsense. Like, why am I going to just... You know, if I'm coaching somebody, why am I going to beat around the bush? I'm just going to tell you what to do, and if you ignore me, then you it's your loss.
1: I, I feel exactly the same way. You know, it's interesting. The compression of doing bar rescue has made me do what normal people do in a month and like days. So exactly. there's this clock ticking in my mind, and I wonder if that's not the way you naturally are because I am. You just want to okay. get to it, right? You just want to get to it. You know, we don't need to bullshit in the middle.
4: No, I can't stand that. You know, it's really funny because like – When people hire me to do coaching, they – like literally, my coaching teacher would be like, "Well, they need to come up with the answer and lead them into it." And I'm like, "How would I save the money and just tell them what the f is wrong with them? Because yes. I can assess that. I can tell you if you married your father. Okay, let's figure this out, bitches."
1: <laughs> you know, my new show, Marriage Rescue, premieres Sunday night, and I have two oh. couples, two couples for four days in a resort, oh, and and they're ready to kill each other, and they've been through therapy which has failed. So I keep them in separate rooms with a PA in the door because there's no makeup sex. That's not allowed. And I have four days and you know, what's interesting. And this is just me. So concurring with what you do is there's no next week. There's no next week visit of the therapist. I don't have to worry about insulting them because I'm not going to have to see them again next week per se. I don't need the next check. And, and,
4: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and it always makes me laugh when somebody says, like, they call me thinking I'm going to be on their side about something. But I mean, I, I'm not doing anyone who wants life coaching any favors by saying, oh, poor you. And that's so sad. I'm just like, I had a woman call me and she's from Long Island, a big yenta. And she was <laughs> like, well, my friend insulted me. And then she recounts the whole conversation. I'm like, you insulted her first. Go apologize. <laughs> but I thought you were going to say she was mean to me. I go, no, you were mean to her first. It's just like, come on. Like, but yeah. I like telling it as it is. And you know what? It's not for everybody. No, you isn't. and me, we're, we're polarizing, which yeah. is a good thing. We're not normal.
1: Well, you know, I think, I think that if I love you, and then I deceive you. That's not freaking love. So when people say, you know, if you love me, you wouldn't say that to me. No, I'm saying that to you because I love you, for Christ's sake. Straighten it out.
4: Well, exactly. And do you, are you the type of guy, though? Because I know there's this thing, it's so hard not to advice give. Like, I understand you have to meet people where they are. You yeah. have to only, you know, give advice if asked. But do you find it really hard to hold back in life in general?
1: Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Even my wife. We've been together 23 years. And, and you know, the, I just I'm just and she'll look at me and she'll know it's in my head. She'll know I'm going to say wherever we are, whatever we're doing, know, she, And she just watches it. Three, two, one. I can hold it about four or five seconds. Maybe Lise. least. And, and that's about it. And I'm guessing wow. you're exactly the same way.
4: Well, hey, whatever worked, it worked, because 23 years later, you're still together, and I'm trusting that you don't hit her, and uh, if you did, maybe <laughs> she had it coming. No. Just kidding, so- but no, I, I just – that's what fascinates me, by the way. That's one show you won't see from me until maybe 25 years from now when I'm 80-ish and going <laughs> – How do people make relationships work this long? Like, this is a big mystery to me because I've never been able to keep something going. What do you think is the main ingredient?
1: You know, I think the biggest one, and for my show, Marriage Risco, I actually read books and I really studied at least. And I found that there are six major elements to a great relationship, any relationship. Significance. We got to be significant to each other. -hmm. Connectivity, we got to connect intimate or friends or however we got to connect. Third would be continuity, we got to believe there's some length to this relationship, right? So we're investing in something. Fourth, we both got to contribute to this. You're my Mm -hmm. buddy, I'm your buddy. We both got to give to this. It doesn't mean money, but give some way to it. Next is there's got to be some growth together, Mm -hmm. and then there's got to be some variety in our lives. I don't mean sexually, I mean variety and go places, do things in essence, have some freaking fun. So I am
4: proud to say that Jimmy, my ex-husband, and I had zero out of six. And by the way, you know what's funny? We have about four or five of them as friends. So that's what's funny. That's why I think our friendship has lasted and still is very friendly with him and his new wife and myself. Whereas, like, as a marriage, I was just like, I can't. Like, that's just not my thing yet. But who knows? Maybe someday. Lisa Lampanelli will work on herself and figure <laughs> out how to attract a guy as wonderful as you.
1: Oh, stop that. But you know, I think to answer your question, I think the biggest is significance. If you're important yeah, yeah. if you're important to me then I'm going to care about you. I'm going to treat you differently. I'm going to treat yeah. you like you're important to me. And, if right. you, if, and I'll make compromises. I'll make sacrifices. You know, I'll come through because you're significant to me. But if you're not significant to me, you know, screw it. You know, why would we invest that time? So, so I think that the honesty that you and I portray to people, I believe, is because people are significant to us. Yes. And yeah. it matters. And other yeah. people blow this stuff off. So, you know, I welcome when, when somebody like you says to me, you know, John, you are just completely screwed up on this. Blah blah blah. Lay it on me. And yeah, I bet you the I same.
4: My, I've always said, I've said actually just for the past few years to my friends, I need you to challenge me. Yeah. I don't need yes people. I need somebody to say and a shrink to say and whoever I'm, you know, really invested with. Hey, that was wrong what you did. Yes, that was too angry. You need to work on this. You need to work. I don't need people just blowing smoke. This makes me a better person if I'm people tell me the tough things. And, yeah, it's fun to hear no, but we want to be better people, right?
1: Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about how you became you because you fascinate me, honestly. I find you interesting. So you're a Connecticut girl.
0: Yep, yep. Right?
1: Grew up in a pretty ethnic kind of home environment, right? Italian yep. and Polish kind of home. I'm reading your bio. You know, yep. you, you, you're- Went to Catholic school. Oh, yeah. Right? So which,
4: which explains uh, going into insult comedy and cursing like a sailor. A sailor, <laughs> I mean, come on. When you, when you have 12 years of nuns, you got to break out.
1: My wife went to Catholic school, and I always say nobody can jump in a gutter like she can <laughs> when it oh, comes to conversation. Yeah. No so wonder I... you love her. <laughs> so, and then, of course, you took some pub... – you went to Syracuse and some publishing courses at Harvard and stuff. But I love that you're a copy editor at Popular Mechanics –
4: Well, see, I was, this is what's funny about me. I was so ego driven early on. I mean, up until when I retired from stand-up, because I really wanted to always feel, again, significant, but to the wrong people, meaning the world. (laughs) I needed everybody to think I was great. So I said, I need to work at a place everybody's heard of. And yeah, I couldn't get to Rolling Stone until a few years after that. But I was like, oh, At least they heard of Popular Mechanics. I can actually work there. A significant gig. Yeah. A lot of my drive as, you know, even even doing, you know, as a comic doing Carnegie Hall or Radio City, most of it was to be like to my parents, like, oh, look, are you proud of me? Which they were. Yeah. But again, a lot of this came from me uh, needing to fill that hole inside with something that was praise. Now I'm like going, well, I fill the hole with joy and happiness and love and helping other people that's more a more significant way to spend my time
1: sure it's more rewarding to you so so yeah. uh, so a lot of people don't know this about you're a copy editor and you're a fact checker and then uh uh, uh I love this one where you talk about a book in spy says that you are average uh, defined you as your average decked out heavy metal head next door
4: I basically in the '80s was the metal mama. I used to interview all these heavy metal bands who were just horrible. Yeah. But I wanted to again to do something to brag about, and I was a good writer and actually a really good interviewer. I'm still I love interviewing people, and um, I think that's where like the podcast comes in because it's so oh. much fun to just talk where, to people and pick their brains. It. Yeah. But I it. enjoyed this whole idea of getting inside somebody's head. So yeah. Again, interviewing all these dopey heavy metal guys, not learning too much, and then saying, oh, my God, i got to do something else.
1: Well, we have something in common. I ran the Troubadour in those days, so I oh, worked with so. those guys because they were all playing in the Troubadour back in those days with the launch yeah. of all of that. So someday when we turn the microphones off, I bet we could share a few stories from those days. Sure. I'm sure. So, so uh, uh, you know, some of my favorite work that you've ever done is I love you in that roast environment. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's interesting. When, when I think about you and I think about comedians and, and you know, may he rest in peace. Buddy Hackett was a very dear ah. friend of mine. I was on a board of his charity and I spent a lot of time with him in the later years of his life. And I always adored him because he was courageous in his day. You're very courageous in your day. And when you yeah. look at some comedian and some take that safe route. Right. And they stay within the, the alleys, if you will. Right. Others, you know, are are, are stupidly bold and go nowhere because there's no depth to their boldness. Right? right. So they step out the other way. Did you want to be controversial when you first started? Was this who you were or was this something that evolved? Because you use controversy very, very well.
4: Well, what I think what happened was I started doing comedy just like anybody else. A little bit of talking about my life, observational stuff, my family. And then I noticed that the more I talked to the people in the audience, the more they responded. And I was like, oh, I have this gift for making fun without them getting mad at me. Yep. And, you yeah, know, over the years, a few people get mad, whatever. But then I go, wait a minute. This is fun for me. And it's honestly, now that I've thought about it, now that I've stepped away from comedy, yeah. it literally was my way of connecting. Yeah. I just wanted to connect. And I go, wow, I wasn't even what I would call, I, I've said this and you'll understand this. I don't think I was ever a comedian. I think I was a connector, mm. but used comedy as the way to connect. Just like now I'm using coaching and the podcast yeah. and stuff. So it's not about me. Um, oh, I'm a genius comedic mind. It's just like, oh, my God, I'm actually talking to somebody in the audience and they like
1: me. You
4: know, and There's no harm in that. It just felt great. But after 30 years, it was like, oh, all right, something else is brewing.
1: Yeah. Did it bother you if they hated you? You know, yeah, of course. They, uh, and you know what? Did you take I that hated- stuff personally? Because there's always a side that doesn't and a side that does. It bothered think- me in the beginning. I got better at it. Does it bother you?
4: It it, now it doesn't bother me because I've stepped away from it. But when you get in these Twitter wars and people say you're mean, even though, you know, you just have a good heart, but it was just insult comedy. And like, you were just trying to be like Rickles, you know, because he was such a soft heart guy. Like we're like mushy people on the, uh, when we're off stage. So it did always bother me. And I took it so personally. Uh And the thing is, I'm so glad that now I can go, I, I have tools now to think it through mm-hmm. to where I go, it's not personal. That's about them. And that's okay. Right. They have their journey. I have mine. But yeah, I mean, like the other day, um, I posted about the podcast premiering and they go, "Um, somebody put most unfunny comedian ever. And I just deleted it. Because it's kind of I don't want it on there, yeah, but I then I it. just go, wow, why didn't I take that personally? I think it's because I go, oh, maybe I grew a little. Yeah. But of course, if somebody said, you know, you're a shell of a person, you're a sham, you're right, horrible,
1: right. of you're... course
4: it takes some working through.
1: Sure, I hate when they say you're fake. Your show sure is scripted. You're fake. When I work so hard for it not to be, you
4: I know. know and is that's want to know what that is? I think I think it's us hating being. Um, Not disrespected, more like misunderstood. Like, dude, it's clearly unscripted. Like, I'm watching you. You're at a desk. You're not reading off a paper. You're not going, okay, Lisa. So it's (laughs) just like we don't like being misunderstood because it feels like we're being uh, dismissed. and And that hurts our feelings.
1: It does. Or discounted, if you will. Right, yes. that would be, or trivialized if you will and, and I find that really offensive because people like you and I work very hard on what we do and we want to be taken seriously and respected well, like, for guess, it
4: guess what it is with comedy I've always done this and now with coaching and the podcast I think the problem is when you make it look easy people think it's easy right it's not easy no. but we make it look easy and also it's like, like that thing where you make it you, they always say ask the busiest person to do something and it'll get done because yep. we make yeah. it look like it didn't take an effort and inside we're like, no, I can't take anymore. Yeah. So yeah, it's all very interesting to me.
1: You know, you, you and I are so alike in bar rescue. I own the term reaction management and uh-huh. I believe that you and I can manage our lives through the reactions of others. Right. You're Explain doing, that to me. Meaning that if the people around you, you know, uh, 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 look up to you, You've earned respect by their reactions, right, understanding how they react to you. So in essence, we put out an energy, uh, and they receive it. And how is it received? You know, do people like you? Do they respect you? Do they hate you? Do they this, do they that? So I coined the term reaction management, meaning if we can really understand the reactions of those around us, we can better control our own lives and the way people react to us. Ah. so so in bar rescue i'll look at somebody and say say something to them that nobody would ever say to them you are you are this you know a disgrace of a man of a woman you're and and it's shock womb their brain opens up how dare you say that to me and now we're engaging at a level that i would never crack through if i didn't insult them that sort of connects with what you're saying so yeah
4: well what's what's funny though is now that i'm dealing with people who have like really raw issues, I'm not allowed to yell, apparently. I have to actually listen. But what's really crazy about it is, like when you were saying that, I was like, oh my God, if I ever tried this, because like, think about it. All right, tonight, for instance, what, right, before, right after we tape this, I'm doing a group life coaching thing with these women at this center uh, in Guilford, Connecticut, a nonprofit. Um, they would crap their pants if I ever said BS, da, da, da. But part of me really wants to, but I got to say BS in a way they can hear me because a lot of these people, they just shut down. So So, let's be
1: honest, 60% of you wants to say it. 40% of you is holding back the other 60, right?
4: Guaranteed. (laughs) Like a woman last week, I'll tell you the truth. I said to her, she, she said how beleaguered she is by having to watch her parents all the time and her brother and sister don't help. And I go, yeah, and part of you really probably likes that you're the one who rescues. And she goes, no, I don't. And you have to go, she doesn't see this at all. Okay, but see, that's what I almost want to, I would love to just push and push. That'd be a great TV show. But, you know, in reality, these people sometimes are so damaged, you got to go, better back off.
1: I don't want anybody
4: uh, going mental on my behalf. They're leaning on
1: you. They need support from you as much as information and guidance.
4: Right. And I guarantee you by the end of this six week course, she's going to be like, yeah, I kind of that that mean that resonates now. But you can worm your way in. Uh, I can't believe Lisa Lambelli is trying to be tactful and sweet.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's your real heart's coming through. Okay. Yeah. So so was apprentice fun?
4: Oh, God, it was horrible. (laughs) And it wasn't anything anyone else did wrong. I took it so seriously because I wanted to win. I don't blame you. I like being smarter than everybody. Yep. And I was there with really smart people like Adam Carolla. Yep. Uh, oh, Penn Jillette. Like these yep. are like genius yep. level guys. But there I am losing to people like Clay Aiken and Arsenio Hall. <laughs> not like they're not smart, but we're about on the same level. Yep. So we're sitting there doing the show. John, I was dying. I was working 20 hours a week. I excuse me, 20 hours a day, six days a week with 18 type A douchebags, and I'm going, I want to just kill them all or kill myself. And, you know, when you're a celebrity on these things, they give you whatever they want. you yep. want. So I'm eat, living on sugar. I'm <laughs> eating my ass off. I said, you know what? This thing's got to go. So luckily I made it to the Final Four. I made 130 grand for my charity, which is great. But I said, boy, this couldn't yeah. end soon enough.
1: Yes, you were happy to be out when you were,
4: huh? God, yeah. Oh my yeah. God, but it was really cool to participate in something like that. But I can never imagine doing something like that again. It almost killed me. It was the hardest thing, literally, I've ever done.
1: Yeah, I was offered to do it last year, or so Arnold's first season of doing it. Yes, and I didn't right. have the six or seven weeks or whatever. What is it? But I'll, after I said no, so many friends, Adam, one of them, said, "Boy, you, you made the right choice." It was freaking brutal. By the way, oh. what you just said happens to me on my set. I call it a, a, a culinary ass kiss. they come up to you with every donut, every cake, everything in the world to try to make you happy. And so, if you say, "You know what? I'd like a chocolate cookie," hundreds of people are running up with cookies, and it's right culinary ass kiss.
4: I love that, and you know what's funny about it? People used to do that to me when I was playing at theaters uh, with comedy. They think that I wanted sugar all the time because I would always talk about sweets and chocolate and this and that. Well, you know, after you lose one hundred and seven pounds, you're like. Uh, I can't have these sweets in the room anymore. It's too tempting. I want to keep my weight off. So that which thank God I have. Oh my god, I had to put it in the rider. No sweets or bread of any kind <laughs> because I mean I want it too bad. It's like an alcoholic.
1: Yeah, with the city next to you, you're going to go down every time.
4: Exactly. <laughs> yes. You know, you've got uh, now you have you dealt with a lot of drunks on your show as far as the bar owners are drunks.
1: Yeah, many, many.
4: What do you think? I mean, clearly, do you have to get, tell them to just clean up their act?
1: I got I got to be heavy with them. because yeah. everybody around them's an enabler, or they wouldn't have been drunk so long. Oh my God! <laughs> so, so I look at every single family member, husband, wife, it as a freaking enabler. I mean, this guy's been yeah. drunk for months how do you justify that yourself so so it's it's breaking them all down and it's as much as calling the drunk out as much as calling the family out around him you know to put up the barriers as you say not to bring bread into the room for christ's sakes you know don't bring the bread in if you know that so, so, so uh it's a challenge and a lot of bar rescues and this isn't always on tv i provide them with counseling after the fact smart. So we smart. do bring in a professional counselor and we do everything we can to help them. What's the point of building a new business, Lisa, if I can't straighten them out, right? And they're going to fail anyway.
4: Right. I agree. And you know, it's interesting too, with, um, you know, a lot of people approaching me now for help with, you know, food addiction and food yeah. stuff. Cause I've made the, it's so public about my struggle. Yeah. It, do you find it's like, you just, do, do you feel like it's more rewarding to kind of Rescue the bars that have the, these deeper issues oh, sure. of the, let's say, the alcoholics, and is that uh, more fulfilling than the, the just the surface problems?
1: Yeah, the, 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 screw the bricks and mortar and the paint and the wallpaper. This is the people that really inspires me. Lisa, yeah. that hug that I get at the end means freaking everything to me. Oh, and, I love that. You know, we wear our microphones on our chests, as you well know. So when we hug, nobody can hear what's said because we're chest to chest hugging, and the things that are whispered in my ear during those hugs i wish could be on tv but it inspires me to beat the hell out of the next guy even harder because i know i'm going to get the hug and it's almost like if you know you're going to get the applause and you know you're going to be respected then you can go for it a little more right 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 and and i know i'm going to get that hug so i can go for it a little more and it empowers me each week to get better and better at it no different i'm guessing than when you were comedian on stage doing that
4: Oh, absolutely. And I think a lot too uh, transfers to this life, uh, this third career or whatever, uh, that I'm having now, because I go, wait a minute that, you know, quote unquote hug at the end, it's like even just seeing the light come back into somebody's eyes or see somebody working through an issue like grief and sadness and abuse and all this stuff. You go, okay, I'm just some dumb little life coach who's just trying to help and you know what? That's the thing that makes it worthwhile. Nobody's going to get freaking rich yeah. off life coaching people. Thank God I saved my money as a comic. Yeah. But you know what? It's almost like where you just go, Oh, that g- gave me that little tingle yeah. thing inside that I hadn't been getting as a comic in those final years.
1: I completely agree with you. You know, that that is the gift. That is where the warmth in our heart comes from. So yeah. we fight for that. It isn't the joke. It's the way people react to the joke.
0: Right? Absolutely. It, it, it yeah. isn't
1: about you as coach. It's about how they react to you as coach and, you know, how do you inspire and all of that. And it's, it's my biggest challenge in, in bar rescue is to, cause they're, they're beat up, you know, they're, mm. they're, mm. they're on their last leg. They're so far in debt. How did they dig themselves out? No different than your coaching work. And a lot well, of them have a big I, climb.
4: Have you noticed that too, where sometimes you're dealing with someone and Like last week I got a call from someone and I was like, I don't know if I even know where to start. (laughs) But then if you go, okay, just breathe into it, you go, your answers are all in there. Like we kind of have it in here and everybody actually does have it in there. They're just too scared to go there. And so I'll sometimes, like I said, panic a little, go, "Uh uh-oh, uh-oh, suppose I don't have any tools for these people. And then we kind of come out of it and can help. Do you find sometimes... If it's su- that it's super overwhelming.
1: Yeah, it is. Marriage Rescue is that way. And it just premiered Sunday. Get it If you get a chance next week, oh, watch it, it. But but uh, uh, it did very well, too. I'm very proud of it. But it, yeah. it, that was even more challenging because these are marriages, you know, the children involved and homes involved. This is a big freaking responsibility, Lisa. And I look at it sure. that way. And I'm sure as a coach, you're saying the same thing. Okay, I'm not writing a script here. I'm not writing a joke here. This is somebody's life. There's right. husbands, there's children, there's parents. I mean, this yeah. is generational. If you do a good job, you know, this impacts the next generation of that family. So I think there's nothing more important for you and I as human beings. And I know you're this way from watching you and talking to you this way. In the end, you respect me Mm -hmm. and you're honest with me out of respect, not disrespect.
4: Absolutely. Uh, Because if we didn't respect them again, like you said, we would hold back and go, TikTok, you know, I'm getting paid. Yeah. it's, it's got nothing to do with it. I remember even saying to my business manager before I quit comedy, I said, dude, I may never earn another cent in my life. Are you willing to sign off on that? Because this was never, I mean, obviously this was never motivated from a financial standpoint. Yeah. Boy, if I can't go through life and go, well, I did a little something. We like we all want to do a little something. I think at heart, humans want to do that. And yeah. I think it's kind of a blessing we get to do it.
1: Yeah. So I got to ask you, You still like getting a laugh every once in a while when you're out to dinner with some friends, don't you?
4: Well, let me tell you, that's so (laughs) funny you say that because I try to be the one who's now not – because when I used to be out to dinner with people and doing comedy – I wasn't that funny around the table because I was getting my fix on stage. Right. Now I got to be so aware to not overdo it. But <laughs> I totally overdid it Sunday, but people didn't seem to mind. Like I had a party for a friend of mine's daughter and I was just having a blast and I go, you know what? It's just me. I got to get it out somehow. Cause really you're not going to make, you're not going to you know, make somebody laugh in group therapy. Let's just yeah. put it that way. Absolutely. And what's interesting is, People know you come from a good place. They know you got a good heart. Nobody's mean to hurt anybody, and as long as it's not at somebody's expense, like it was in the old days.
1: You're, you're fun to interview. I bet you'd be a blast for dinner. I bet you're oh, a great I, dinner friend.
4: And hey, you know what? Now that I'm not <laughs> doing uh, comedy anymore, I'll come over. We'll have dinner at the Friars Club. It'll I'd, be great.
1: I'd love to. So, so uh, uh, last question because I got to get going. This is something that I always found interesting. You went into comedy yeah. purposefully. You exited comedy purposefully. That's yeah. unique that somebody oh, would step into it, get so famous doing it, mm-hmm. get hugged by the public like you did, and then leave it. So it has a finite end and beginning and end with you. That's fascinating. So
4: it, Nobody can understand it because they go – That's never been done. Comics don't retire. Actors don't retire. They want to leave the door open. I said, no, I want to close the door and then go to a next chapter. It's not like I'm sitting at home gardening, which, by the way, is fine if I wanted to do that. But I just wanted to go – I made a literal 180 from insulting people to helping people. That's got to be put out in the public. And thank God for Howard Stern and Dr. Drew who really talked it up.
1: Yep. I think it's terrific. Do you sometimes (sighs) – I don't think you ever regret the things that you said. I'm not saying that at all. But do you sure. sometimes ever regret the controversy around all this stuff, all the bullshit that flew around you for a while over the controversy?
4: I don't think I regret it. I think I wished I hadn't taken it so personally. I wish I had been more equipped to handle it and yeah. know that the people were just hurting. Yeah, I said publicly ever since the retirement if I hurt anyone's feelings, just email me and I'll apologize because I honestly never did comedy to hurt anyone. And I haven't heard anybody demanding an apology or asking for one. So I go, you know what? I guess it all happened the way it should have and the yeah. way it needed to.
1: Yeah, what an experience you lived through that, you know, yeah. you, 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 you were, uh, and still are, you know, a, a pop culture phenomena. How oh, you, my gosh, but, thank but you. really, for a long time, your words had impact. People mm-hmm. watched you. They followed you. They were curious about what you had to say. And sure, it was humor, but it was a reflection of a personality that we all found sort of captivating.
4: Oh, thank you so much. And, and
1: that's really special. And, and, you know, you and I always politically aligned, but a but, but, uh, uh, matter of fact, sometimes I'm guessing we're politically unaligned. But you know what? That doesn't matter. Because you're a good person, and you know, I I, this was a blast talking together. I hope this was fun for you. Tell everybody about your podcast and and what's going on.
4: Yeah, every single Wednesday uh, on podcast one, I see we're label mates. Yep, Um, I have a podcast called Let Lisa Help, which is basically. I'm going to help you whether you like it or not. Might as well force our help on people. I have a guest host every week. Um, We're going to have, um, oh, we always have one of my actual clients call in to tell me how I screwed up that week because I usually do something wrong. And uh, we help, Viewers and listeners who actually have real questions, but there is a dose of humor in it because I can't be me without a little funny. So I'm telling you, I love it. Podcast ones treated me well, so there. It's going to be or it is every place Apple podcasts are.
1: Wow. So this was a lot of fun. Where can people find you? You have a main website and such where people can find you.
4: Yep, LisaLampinelli.com, and also I'm on all the socials as Lisa lampanelli And I always say, John, if you can't spell that then you don't deserve to be my fan.
1: <laughs> well said. <laughs> Lisa, this was a pleasure. This was oh, so much best. fun. You, you are really terrific. And I mean that on dinner. So, oh, so,
4: definitely, man. And I'm going to make you laugh whether you like it or not.
1: It's a deal. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you. Bye-bye. I'm having so much fun here, but we got to take a break. I'll be right back with audience calls. Don't shut down this podcast yet. No Excuses with John Tafford. continues next.
4: Hey there, Rob Sesternino from Rob as a Podcast. And if you're a Big Brother fan, you know the summer is all about one thing, watching crazy
0: people locked in a house on Big Brother. And we've got episode recaps after every episode with the past house guests talking about all the updates from the game and the gossip from the live feeds. Listen to Rob as a Podcast exclusively on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. And if
4: you love the show, why don't you share it or even leave us a rating and review.
2: All right, John. New week and new callers. Let's do it. Shut it down.
1: All right, John. This is Joe, and he has a question about marriage rescue. Hey, Joe. You're in one of my favorite cities, buddy. I love San Antonio.
0: Hey, Taffer. Nice to finally talk to you, man. Big fan. Thank you, Joe. Uh, so I've been watching uh, your work for a while now, and so I think a real cool thing about Bar Rescue is that we kind of get some closure after the episode and figure out what they're going to do with the restaurant or what's been done. So I think the um a good part about marriage rescue is if we kind of get that same closure with bar rescue and get some kind of update at the end of the show because as marriage rescue goes on we kind of get attached to these characters and get attached to their story so we kind of need some closure to figure out you know what's going on what's going to happen with them so i think uh a six-week update as long as, you know, with Bar Rescue would be great closure for the the fans and the audience that we watch.
1: You know, I think it's a great suggestion. Uh, I saw a couple of people mention on social media, too. But I think it's a great suggestion, Joe. Here's what I'm going to do for you, buddy. I'm going to post an update on the first two couples, or the first four couples in the first uh, two episodes this week. I'll get you that information. Then we're going to get that infused into the show. And, uh, and I appreciate awesome. the comment. It's a great comment. Do you like the show?
0: Oh, I love the show. I love that. Uh, everything you do, Taffer, man, I love it, man. The energy, everything.
1: Uh, thank you, Joe. I appreciate it, buddy. Well, next week's episode is a really good one, too. And then Bar Rescue comes back uh, over the summer. I'm, I'm shooting 12 more Bar Rescues. I start in a couple weeks. So you're stuck with me for a while, Joe.
0: <laughs> awesome. Hey, one last thing, if I can uh, chime in one more time. I know you did a couple of Bar Rescues in San Antonio. And I know usually when you do the soft open and the, the, the hard open, I would like to get some information on how I would uh, be able to kind of participate in those, you know, coming from San Antonio if you're ever going to touch on that again. Well, great. See I can get information on that.
1: Great. I'm going to have Corey put you on our list. And when we come down to San Antonio, I'll make sure we send you an email because we got your information.
0: Awesome, Catherine. I love it, man. I appreciate everything that you do. And I can't wait for the new season of Bar Rescue. Shut
1: awesome. Thanks, Joe. Take care, buddy. Have a good summer.
0: Yes, sir. You too. Thank Shut you. It down. Yeah.
1: All
2: right, so I'm going to have you transfer over to John, and then you'll hear John Taffer's voice, and he'll take it from there, okay? That's
0: fantastic.
3: Thank you very much, Corey.
2: All right, this is Sean's interpreter, John. <laughs>
1: Hi, this is John. How you doing?
3: Hi, my name is Joni. I'm the interpreter for the laryngitis afflicted, Sean Webster.
1: <laughs> so is Sean your husband, your boyfriend, your friend? Fill me in. What's going on here? My
3: boyfriend.
1: So are you loving the fact that he can't talk right now? Is this a good thing or a bad thing?
3: Uh, it's all of
1: the above. Ah. See? Your hesitation said it all, I think, there for a second. You had to think about it for a minute, didn't you? <laughs> well, he's
3: within arm's reach, so I've got to be very cautious.
1: Ah, I got And well, One of these days, we'll have a private talk about that then, okay?
3: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My people will call your people. <laughs> That's
1: a deal. So, Sean so, so is a DJ at a bar, and yeah. uh, so tell me what's going on. Well,
3: it's a small bar in East Moline, Illinois. He's been DJing there for about six weeks, every Friday and Saturday. He was a bartender for two years in a bar back in the day. He's been a DJ for many years, about 25 years. He sees a lot of potential in this bar and a couple of um, uh, adjacent uh, buildings uh, that are connected so that's a little bit about Sean.
1: So, what does he want to do? Does he want to grow the bar? Does he want to buy the bar? What does he want to do?
3: So, well, the bar itself is really outdated. There's no tap beer; it's all cans. They use uh, plastic cups.
1: So, what is he going to do about uh, it? He... It
3: really needs to be upstyled in the way that you do so well.
1: So, so uh, uh, I, I'm not coming to to East Moline this year. I'm going to the West Coast this year for bar rescue. So what does Sean want to do? He he doesn't own it. Does he want to buy it? What does he want to do about it?
3: The man who originally owned it passed away five years ago. He passed it on to his son and daughter and grandson, and it seems to have kind of stalled. It's kind of in a time warp.
1: So can I be honest with you? Sure. When somebody's been a DJ for 25 years... And they're working in a tiny neighborhood bar on just Friday and Saturday night. I would not call that the most successful career in the world, would you?
3: No, he's also a chef working locally.
1: Okay, well, that's a different thing. But he, owns
3: his own, he owns his own DJ business. And so he just started at this place. He just relocated to this area from Des Moines. Yeah, you know And the- he sees a great deal of potential.
1: So he should go to the owner's son who's now the owner, and pitch him on some ideas to try to turn it around. Uh, uh, You know, there's not much he's going to be able to do uh, um, uh, if the owner doesn't want to do it for him, right, or with him or write the check or otherwise. So, you know, there's so many things to do with the bar, promotional calendars, marketing schedules, social media programs, ladies' night, men's night, sports night, happy hours, late nights. You know, there's a gazillion promotions and things you can put in bars to drive revenue. And, and right. you know, we sell books with 50 bar promotions and stuff in them. So all that stuff is easy. But if an owner doesn't want to do it, it doesn't matter. And sometimes. Well, owners basically inheritab-
3: what he think he's um, pretty sure that the 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 grandson um, who actually runs the place would be interested. Um, Sean was just basically doing his homework with you. And, you know, to see how the
1: process works so i would start with revenue you know if if it was me i would come in i would drop in a bunch of ladies night promotions late night promotions as i say happy hour promotions friday and saturday promotions music theme promotions based upon the demographic and targeting and he is a dj can't impact revenue i mean can't impact operations very much but he can impact revenue so if I was him, I would implement promotions, I'd work with the owners, I'd get the revenues up 20% or so, then sit down with the owner and say, look what I did. I increased your revenue by 20%. Now let's invest in the place and see if we can really grow this. That's what I would do. Make sense?
3: And I, We both agree with you that a DJ can really change how packed the place is going to be, and he's already done that in the six weeks he's been there.
1: Great. So I would keep it going, track the revenue so you can see how much it's increased. Because when you sit down with an owner and say, look, I increased your revenue by 20%, I can increase it a lot more. Let's talk. They're going to listen to that. Right. So track the numbers so you know that the numbers are up, and you can sit down and really talk about the potential. Make sense? Okay. And tell Sean to take some cough drops. Tell Sean to take some (laughs) cough drops and get himself better, because a DJ who can't scream, (laughs) let's party, isn't worth anything. Don't you agree?
3: Exactly. I mean, there's so much more. What what looks like kind of an unplanned, spontaneous thing really takes a lot of are thinking and planning
1: to All make right. it work. Yeah, I totally get it. Well, I hope you guys are on to something. Give me a call in a few weeks. Let me know if it works out.
3: Do you? Do you know when you'll be in the Midwest again?
1: No, we have no schedule. We're doing all the West Coast this year, so we might not be back
3: oh, okay. to
1: the Midwest. We just finished the Midwest. We were in Kansas City, and uh, uh, we didn't do Illinois this year. But, yeah, the next season is all the West Coast. Okay. Anyway, i got to run. I hope he feels okay. better. Okay? Take care. Okay. Listen, I'd really love it if you'd be on the show. You can challenge me, argue with me, disagree with me, agree with me, whatever you like. But the more challenging, the better. Just send an email to podcast at com. podcast at johntafford.com. Corey will open those emails. He'll set it up with you. And then you and I will talk on the podcast and we'll have some fun. And by the way, while you're at it, don't forget to hit subscribe at Apple Podcasts or go to podcast.com or the Podcast One app. And you will get your new episodes every Tuesday. One to talk to John? Email him now at podcast at com. I got to tell you, when I started this podcast 52 weeks ago, I had no idea what I was going to be out for. I do this podcast when I travel on the road. Every week I have to do it. I have to adjust my schedule to do it. I have to do it wherever I am. I can't let you guys down. You got to get your downloads every Monday night. It was tougher than I thought in the beginning, but I've got to tell you now, You know, I have marriage rescue. I have bar rescue and my no excuses podcast i love this podcast i love you i love the fact that i get to talk to you every week i love that we have this connection this intimate connection that we could never have on television so on my 52nd one year anniversary podcast i just want to thank all of you for listening for giving us all this growth of this year and next week we'll be starting year two and uh, i have two of my favorite people Uh, 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 as my interview next week. Uh, Jenny McCarthy and Donnie Wahlberg will both be here next week. And you don't want to miss that. So I'll talk to you then. Take care.